Lady, I don't know about you, but tapping into my inner child and creating time for more fun and play has been crucial for my mental health. It wasn't until I carved out time to prioritize coloring and arts and crafts as an adult that I realized how therapeutic art really is. That's why Terry and I are partnering with Let's Make Art. Let's Make Art is a revolutionary crafting company that aims to help you to channel your inner artist. Whether you're a total beginner or you've mastered the arts, the supplies and tutorials in each monthly art box are designed to encourage, support, and enhance your experience with art. Tap into your inner child or find cool activities for the kids. Let's Make Art makes it easy for you to dive right into the fun part. Visit Z-E-N dot A-I forward slash her space to receive 20% off. It's time to make some art. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, you have to first know that it's not bad luck that you're in the position you're in. The world is not against you. Matter of fact, the world is for you. <laughs> the universe has got your back. Once you can do that, then all the practices open up. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady. Today we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. This guest shines bright like a diamond, and she can teach us a lot about finding our value when we're all alone, which is very valuable for all of us, right? Rhonda Ross is a personal power expert. She's determined to shine her unique light even in an already bright sky. An already bright sky is the term Rhonda uses to describe a world where those around us are thriving, sometimes making us feel overlooked or left behind. It's also a world where those around us seem to be asking us to either dim our light or focus it on them. 
Rhonda was born in an already bright sky. Her mother is music and fashion icon, Diana Ross, and her father is Motown founder, Barry Gordy. But Rhonda has found the power to not get lost in her family shimmer. Instead, she has carved out an authentic and shining life for herself, full of integrity, love, fortitude, and joy. Rhonda is now an international singer-songwriter, Emmy-nominated actress, and an inspirational speaker who teaches us to love ourselves unconditionally, take responsibility for our lives, and shine our unique lights, even in an already bright sky. What a beautiful bio. Rhonda, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yes, we are so excited to have you here. And so we are going to get started with our quote of the day. Now, Rhonda, our quote will or this quote will sound incredibly familiar to you because these are your words. So our quote of the day. We have everything we need inside of us, every single thing for every single challenge. Now, I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back because I need them to pause and write this down. We have everything we need inside of us, every single thing for every single challenge. Rhonda, Ooh. I mean, that quote of the day is just like, it's, it's only a small sample of all of the inspirational words that you have been sharing with folks. And so with this particular quote, what was the inspiration? What came up for you? What comes up for you now when you hear it? That quote came out of these last two years of the pandemic, because I think many of us have been hit with things that we never expected, not just physical things like being locked down when we were never locked down before or or having our, our children school from home that we'd never done before on online, et cetera, et cetera. But, but emotionally, the fear, the anxiety, the loss, the grief, all of that, I, I think... We, we have found ourselves in positions we've never been in before. And what I believe I knew before the pandemic, but I really saw in the last two years is that inside of us, we each have a well of spirit, of energy. I call it the force within that will give us everything we need. Just like that quote will, will guide us and heal us and, and soothe our hearts and calm our minds. And our job is to recognize it, to harness it, and to allow it to do its work because it's there for us. And it's in every single one of us, every single one of us. That is so beautiful. And I want to get into how you found that internal light within yourself. So can you talk to us a little bit about your origin story and what was the journey to becoming the Rhonda Ross that we see today? Yes, my origin story. I love that so much. As you mentioned in the introduction, 
I was born in a very bright sky. So my family and, and extended family and friends of family, my mother being the biggest of them, were superstars in a very bright universe. And when you are born into that, it can be a challenge to figure out where's my light and what do I do with my light? And does anybody care about my light? <laughs> and what's the purpose of my light, right? Luckily, I was raised by a mother who constantly, constantly told me and my four siblings, you do have your unique light. It matters. And it's yours to do with what you want to. You do not have to live off of my light. So luckily I was raised with that understanding, but still finding it was still a journey. So I have found that pretty much three things can happen when you're born into such a bright sky. And I did all three. <laughs> I, I bumped into all three of them. One of them is that you can abandon your power by being embarrassed by an embarrassment of riches, right? Being embarrassed by all the light that's coming at you, all the light that's around you, all the light that you you were born with. You know, what's that saying? You know, he was born on third, but he thought he hit a, you know, he thought he hit a triple, you know? Well, I was very clear that I didn't hit a triple. I was very clear that I was born on third. And there was something difficult for me to accept that. And what happens is, you make these limiting beliefs. You come up with these limiting beliefs that says, no, 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 no. I don't want any more. No, 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 no. No success for me, please. <laughs> no, 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 no love for me, please. Because, because you've gotten so much already you were born on third. So that's one thing that can happen when you're in a very bright sky. Another is that you can not know the value, as I just said, not know the value of your of your light or not know exactly where it is. Where is your lane? What is your thing? And it's really tempting to, to fall into doing what other, what the exterior people expect you to do and expect you to be instead of finding what is truly your North Star, what is truly your calling. It's really easy to fall into that. And I, I, ch I was challenged with that to some extent as well. And then thirdly, when you are surrounded by superstars and thriving people and people you love on top of it, it's very simple to, to feel that your light should be used in service of their light instead of for yourself. It's easy to fall into that too. So, so what I found in for many years is that I was, I was struggling with this already bright sky scenario. And it was when I was late twenties, I was at my lowest. I was, my, my light was, was dimmed close to going out. I was tired. I was discouraged. I wasn't showing up as my brightest self. I wasn't showing up as my best self, not in any area of my life, not in my work, not in my art, not even in my marriage. We were struggling to conceive. We were dealing with infertility for five and six years. I felt like everything was stagnant and everything was dark. And that's when I started to realize that I had to illuminate myself. I had to reach inside 
and 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 harness my personal power that power to shine and that power to to light up a room and that power to know that i have a specific and an important and and unique light and i started crawling myself back from that time reading everything i can read about power about personal power and looking at all the everyday ways that we abandon it and give it away without even noticing we've given it away and all the everyday ways that we can reclaim it. And that's where I am now. Wow. T, okay. I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but I had this random idea I want to share with you and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay. So you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, people find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about stuff like self-care and self-love? OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes. Yes. That is it. And, and, and we could even host a live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm sold. Let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, visit NewYearWorkshop.com and join us for the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions, and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's NewYearWorkshop.com. We can't, can't wait, wait to, to connect, connect with you. With you. I just need to take a moment and soak that in because, yeah, like, whew, that is such a powerful story. Yeah. And I know like, I have like, like a ton of questions that are coming up from each different part that, that you shared. Yeah. And, and, but I want to focus on that personal power, right? And you started, you, you defined personal power and what that means to you. But for someone who's listening and they're in that dark place, right? Where you were in your, in your late twenties, what exactly can, how can they tap into yeah, their personal power to come out of that dark place. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. The first thing that I think has to happen is that you have to realize how you have to be responsible for your own life is what I was going to say. Your own predicament, your own situation doesn't mean you're at fault. Fault and responsibility are two different things. Fault is who did it. Responsibility is who can get you out of it, whatever predicament you find yourself in. So that's the first thing. When I was in that dark place, I did not know at first that I had the ability to pull myself out of it. I was blaming everyone else. I was blaming 
everyone in my life, my agent, the casting agency, you know, nobody was giving me a job and my husband was doing this and, you know, like uh, blaming everybody. But the first thing is you have to realize that the buck stops with you. I wrote a song called Nobody's Business and chorus goes, ain't nobody's job to make you happy. Nobody's job to pull you through. Ain't nobody born to give you sunshine that lights inside of you. Ain't nobody going to seek your freedom. Your heart will lead you through. You're the one to choose how you're feeling. Ain't nobody's business if you do. It is really our job and our ability, our ability to to pull ourselves out. So that's number one. Once you admit that to yourself and accept that, really accept the responsibility for your life, then there's a myriad of of practices. Then you get better at self-care. Then you can get better at boundaries, right? Then you get better at communicating your needs. Then you get better at really investigating your own feelings and thoughts and untangling them, then then you can do all the work. But you have to first know that it's not bad luck that you're in the position you're in. The world is not against you. Matter of fact, the world is for you. <laughs> the universe has got your back. Once you can do that, then all the practices open up. All the practices open up. That is just amazing. I got emotional. You were singing. The lyrics to your song are so powerful. And I just appreciate all of the gems of wisdom that you've already dropped, Rhonda. I love how you made the distinction between faults and responsibility. You can preach a whole sermon on that because Mm -hmm. I think it's so important for us to realize that even though we didn't cause this situation, like we are, we can be the hero of our own stories. And so I love that you touched on that. We We have to be. be. We are the only ones who can be the hero Mm. of our own story. Yeah, that's just so powerful. And thinking about self-care, boundaries, you talked about communicating your needs. One thing that really stood out to me, and I know we're going to touch on other topics here, but I think about pressure, right? I think about expectations from family, from friends. And I think that many of us have faced that in our lives, but you definitely seem to be the expert on this because of just how bright the stars were in your in your sky and thinking about how you navigated that. Can you talk a bit about a comparison game and any insight or wisdom that you can share with us around comparing ourselves because our efforts and success is all subjective, right? But when you have folks that are that are thriving and that are superstars like around the globe, they're well known and you're trying to find your space in the world, how did you battle or how did you face comparison in that journey? That was a challenge for me because my mother specifically, you know, is so loved just so loved around the world. And so many of her fans would love a second coming. (laughs) They would love Rhonda Ross to be Diana Ross Jr. And it's something that I have tried to both fight against, but also found myself falling into sometimes. It's really a, a mix, you know? But mostly in terms of the comparison game, I realized there is only one Diana Ross and anyone trying to copy that woman is going to get their feelings hurt. <laughs> so, so I knew that I, I can't be Diana Ross, but I also, it took me some time, but I also discovered there's only one Rhonda Ross and I can be her really well. I, I get that woman. 
I know how to do that. And, and so the goal for me was recognizing the value in that and not feeling like I had to be a certain way to be loved or be accepted. So I really, I really had to find my truth. I think everyone has to do that. I don't think you need to have Diana Ross and Barry Gordy as your parents to recognize the challenge, the the value in find in in finding your own north star and finding out who you are and what makes you tick and what makes you want to wake up in the morning and 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 finding your lane. That was really a thing for me finding my own look on the stage, you know, as a singer, I, I, I really felt for a long time, people wanted to see me a certain way. And in my case, I love my mother. I love what she has created in her life. I love my father. I think Motown is an incredible achievement. I mean, all of that. So I didn't want to push against the way that a lot of children of might want to fight back. I, I, you know, I'm not that. Well, that was not my thing either right? I'm, I'm thrilled and honored and blessed to be from that, from this bright sky. The only question is, how do I still shine? So yeah, so that was definitely a challenge for me to find that. And, and still is a challenge. I'm always kind of looking for, you know, I'm a grown woman with a, with a career and all kinds of stuff. And I still get calls, you know, either for my mother, you know, oh, hey, you know, can you ask your mother to do such and such? No, you can call her manager. <laughs> or asking me to do things that are clearly based in j- just the fact that I'm her daughter. I mean, it's still, it's a constant, it's a constant work. You know, it's a constant work. And and again, not and not to fall into it, you know, not to, you know, just to constantly remind myself of my own value and, and what I have to say and what my message is. Wow. Speaking of your message, your latest venture is amazing. (laughs) Lady, if you are listening and you have not subscribed, I need you to go on ahead right now and subscribe to The Force Within. So Rhonda, can you tell us more for those ladies who haven't subscribed yet? What is The Force Within? So The Force Within is a column, uh, a series of articles that I've been writing, and they're findable on my website. My website is therondaross.com, T-H-E-R-H-O-N-D-A-R-O-S-S.com. And it's a series of articles about personal power, how to harness it, uh, what is it, (laughs) how to recognize it, how to trust it. And I use my personal life and my personal stories as launch pads for the lessons that I've learned. And I'm thrilled about writing this article, uh, these articles, because this is what I love. This is what I talk about with my friends and my family. And this is what I do. I, 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 and you can't have a conversation with me without me trying to <laughs> help you recognize your power. <laughs> so I'm I'm thrilled to be able to be putting pen to paper and doing that. You know, I'm also writing a book right now. So and the book is about all of this that we're talking about. You know, finding your power in an already bright sky. And so that's what I love. 
We need this more than ever right now. So this is so timely. We're so grateful for the work that you're doing. And if you could tell us a bit about one of the topics that's been most challenging for you if you if you've been like diving in and writing about it, what topic would that be? Oh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> so let me know which okay. one. No, really, this has been, I mean, these two years. And if I were to be frank, I even feel like the second year was harder for me than the first somehow. This past year was challenging. So what I think the thing I've been writing the most about that I would say has been my biggest thing. The reason why 2021 was so challenging for me is because I dealt with anxiety for the first time. I don't remember dealing with anxiety in my life before. And there was just something about what went down, you know, between all the mandates and all this, all the stuff, all the competing news stories. And, and I'm not even a big news watcher, but it just made me feel, it made me feel powerless. And I felt like I really had to do my work daily, daily, daily to get get myself back in my power, to calm myself, to to untangle my my fears, to soothe myself, all the self-care things that we know, journaling and meditating and 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 walking and eating well and sleeping. I'm really not a television watcher and I'm a, I'm especially not a news watcher. I get my news, I try to get I try to get the actual news <laughs> and then leave all the talking heads somewhere else. Like I don't exactly, I don't, I don't deal with that, <laughs> but something about 2001, even more so than 2020, strangely enough, 2020 was scary. Of course, we didn't know anything about the virus and we had, you know, these lockdowns and all of that, that was scary. But for some reason, my anxiety really spiked in 2021. So, and that was my first time. So I really, I've been writing a lot about that. If you go through the articles, you'll see there's a whole bunch about anxiety and fear and getting your head around that and getting your heart around that and protecting your heart and head and protecting your mental health. You know, I really feel that I think many of us were more damaged than we realize of all ages. And I still think we have a lot of healing to do around what what we went through and to some extent what we're still going through both with covid and now with ukraine and it's just a lot coming at us at, at all times you want to you want to be of help you want to be of service you want to be protected you want to make sure you got what you need if things go down i mean it's a lot of stuff so i write about that a lot it's been a lot about anxiety <laughs> it's so timely and like you said there's so many people that are definitely able to relate to that because in my practice, I know I've heard so many people develop that anxiety or recognize that they're having a different, they're experiencing anxiety in a different way because of the world that we're living in now. And so I, I am so appreciative of your work and what you're doing. And so what is one topic that you are excited about? So we talk about the challenges, but it's equally important to focus on the joy. So yes. what is one thing that you are excited about writing? See this smile on my face? That's That smile is for my son. I have a 12-year-old boy who... He's just my best friend. This is, it's getting ridiculous. Like we're just, you know, I heard somebody say once, I heard a mother say once, 
I love my daughter, but I'm in love with my son. <laughs> and I, I can relate to that. I, I love that boy. Like it is ridiculous. So we are like bosom buddies. We, we just, anyway, what's been wonderful about this time is he and I have gotten more time together and he's, you know, he's 12. So he's always had a big, bright personality, but it just feels like he's, kind of really finding his own swagger and his own rhythm in a way that that's new and 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 fun and and just today we went on a 45 minute bike ride together and I just bought him a bike the other day I mean he, he had no let me rephrase he has a bike I didn't have a bike so I bought him another bike and now I'm using his first bike <laughs> so but I just got it for him the other day and so we are we went on this ride today 45 minutes And as we were riding, I said, there's so much that I miss about when he was younger and, you know, we were cuddling and, and he had this little body. Now he's taller than me. So he just like, there's so many things that I miss about his four-year-old self and his seven-year-old self. Here we are riding our bikes. He's 12 and we just get to be friends, you know, and get to kind of be together and, and hang out and, and we're. I don't know. We're real similar in our in our likes and dislikes and our humor and all of that stuff. So anyway, I write about him sometimes, not that often, but that is definitely a space that I love writing about and I love thinking about. That is so precious. We can totally feel the energy as you talked about your son. And you must be a pretty cool mom to have a preteen that's still into you like this. Like that's kudos to you, mom. Yeah, that's so good. I'm holding on for as hold on. (laughs) That is very impressive. I'm holding on for as long as I can. We really we do get along really, really well. I'm hoping and believing that we will continue to, I mean, I, I get it that he needs his space. You know, I get boundaries and I get that he needs to be independent and do his thing and individuate from me and all that good stuff. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. (laughs) And so I'm going to do my best to be healthy around that (laughs) and allow that to happen. But I'm hoping and believing that we will always get along. I'm really hoping and believing that. That's so precious. I love it. I love it. Well, Rhonda, before we shift up the energy of this conversation, we have one last question, one last formal question for you. And that question is, what's one question or topic that you wished people asked you about more often? I I think I wish people asked me about my parenting more often. I take my parenting very seriously. Like I said, we tried for, I'm going to do the math. I don't know. Hold on. (laughs) 14 years? I don't know. Something really long. Yeah. And I was young. I was in my 20s. And the doctors couldn't figure out what was the matter. And so here I was in my 20s, newly married and not getting pregnant, not getting pregnant for many years. Let's say, okay. So about for about 10 years, I wasn't getting pregnant. Then after that, I did get pregnant, had three miscarriages. And so there was another few years added on there. And then we finally had this boy. So I just like he is my everything, right? <laughs> and I and I parent very, very consciously. I don't think there's any choice I've made for him that I just made, you know, or just said, oh, well, that's the way I was, I was raised, so I'm doing it that way. Or, you know, I didn't think about it. There's not one choice. We, I made and my husband made every choice very deliberately. And he speaks four languages. 
He's fluent. It's, yes, he's fluent oh my in goodness. Chinese. And we have been homeschooling him now since first grade. So that's about seven. We're in our finishing our seventh year of homeschooling. He was a very early reader. He was reading words before he could crawl like crazy, like crazy stuff. And so I wish people asked me more about that. I love to talk about that. I mean, since we're here, let's let's take a minute. And <laughs> if you could share with us, what are your maybe top three conscious parenting tips? Oh my gosh, those are great. That's a great question. Number one is this too shall pass. And that is both for the things that you don't like and also for the things that you do like. Time moves and you don't get a second shot. And when it's gone, it's gone. So that's why I say as much as I love his 12-year-old self and I do, I miss his six-year-old self and his three-year-old self and all of that. And I am happy to say, I believe I was present when I was going through those those selves of who he is. So I would say this too shall pass. So be present, be as present as you can. It's really easy to think, oh, I have an emails to write or, oh, I have whatever. And, and you pull your focus and these moments pass. So I would say, number one, be present. Number two, accept who your child is. Listen to them, watch them. Allow them to be themselves. That's not easy. And I don't know that I was always good at that. It's hard. You know, you, you feel like your child is a reflection of you. And if they're not doing what you think they need to be doing at four years old or eight years old or, or 12 years old, you kind of want to get them in line. But the truth is, I think, I think a child knowing that they are accepted for the light that they shine is an invaluable gift. And thirdly, I would say, put no limits on the potential of your child. You have no idea who they're going to be or how great they can be. And when he was younger and we were teaching him all these languages and he was learning to read so early, it was freaking people out. <laughs> I kept saying, pe- people kept saying to me, oh, he's a prodigy. Oh, he's a prodigy. And I kept saying, I think every child is this. I think every child is this. And I think we, we, we cap it. We, we don't expect it, we don't look for it, and we don't welcome it. Because it really wasn't, it's not even something you have to do about it, except for allow it to be. Children are geniuses. They are, they are geniuses. They come here, not in my opinion, as blank slates, but as, as lights. And it's our job to get out the way, get out the way. That's that's what I think. Out the way. (laughs) That is amazing. We have to do a. We may have to have a whole another parenting segment and have you back on Monday because that is so. That is so helpful, and I think a lot of parents could use that now, especially with the pandemic and how things have been going. Where they're now more, they're home more with the children. So it's like, oh, you were at daycare at school before. So yeah, and in terms of the pandemic. It's been hard on us as adults, but it's been hard on them. Yes. And we need to be gentle. Just be gentle and and be listening and be a safe space. They don't even have the, the language. We don't have the language for what we've been through. You know, and every child 
you know, some are, you know, toddlers when this happened and it had one effect on them and the, the elementary schoolers, it had one effect on them and the middle schoolers, the high schoolers, kids who play sports and couldn't play sports or were moving, missed their senior years and, or missed their freshman years or at college or just like all, everyone had a different experience and we just need to be gentle around this. Yeah. At this time and for some time to come, I think we need to really be gentle. That is so spot on. So spot on. Rhonda, you provided so many gems, so much insight. And at this point in our conversation, we want to shift up the energy. I will warn you, this is a grown folk podcast. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready for what's about to happen. Okay. So Rhonda, because we recognize- You know I have a song called Grown Folk Party. I do. I sure do. (laughs) That was a full full circle moment right there. So because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy, and ratchet. You can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose, okay? Rhonda, we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? I take it, but I'm scared. <laughs> we got her. We got her, Dom. We got her. <laughs> this is, you You are going to enjoy this. You like a grown folks party. You are going to enjoy this. <laughs> so now that you've agreed, we'll tell you what to expect. So we have three questions for you. We have three sentence completions. And then at the end, we want you to choose a number between one and three. We have some photos pulled up from your Instagram. And we want you to tell us more context about the photo that you choose. Okay. Something that we wouldn't know by looking at the photo. Okay. So I'm going to pass it on over to Dr. Dom and we'll dive on in. Okay. Okay. So the first question, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? I've received some really great wisdom, so it's hard, but I feel like I want to choose. My mother would always tell us, do what you love, follow your bliss, follow what lights you up. And the money and the career and all those things will follow. And that's what she did. She wanted to be a mother. She's a mother of five. And that was always her priority. She never, ever made us feel like we were in the way of her career or somehow her career came first or her career needed to be focused on or none of that. None of that. We were always her priority. And and even... You know, when she in the 1970, when she was leaving the Supremes and and starting off on her own and found herself pregnant with me, I was her priority and being a mother was her priority. And look at the career that came, you know, look at what look at all that that came. So I, I think that that's the piece of advice. I that's what I live by. I don't do anything for, just for money. I don't do anything just for career or or likes or or some some kind of uplift of of you know any of that i everything is about where my heart is where my heart is yeah so powerful such wise words of wisdom to live by now i'm going to switch it up a little bit so Rhonda, i have four words for you okay <laughs> twerk or two step which one are you going to do well that depends sis <laughs> Okay. Depends. I mean, I could, you know, I I enjoy a good two step, but you know, I might twerk a little. (laughs) I might twerk. Come on. Yeah. She might twerk something. (laughs) Twerk a little something, something. (laughs) Okay. So, since you're ready to twerk a little something, yes. 
What is the sexiest item you own? I don't own sexy items. I've been married too long. I don't own sexy items. <laughs> What is the sexiest item I own? My naked body. <laughs> There you go. There you go. That's it. I don't. I don't. I don't have any of that other stuff. I love that. We've never gotten that answer, but that is a <laughs> beautiful answer. I support that. Okay. Come on. My naked body. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so now, Rondo, we're going to move on to the three sentence completions. So the first sentence completion is something that many people don't know about me is something that many people don't know about me <laughs> is I'm a big Billy Crystal fan. <laughs> I say that because every time I talk about his movies, my sister Tracy says to me, it is really bizarre that you like Billy Crystal so much. I bet you nobody knows that about you. So there you go. I'm a big Billy Crystal. There we go. Thank you. Okay, there we go. That's insane. Okay. All right. I don't know that it's important or interesting in any way, but it is definitely something people don't know about me. There we go. And that's what that's what matters. It's something now we're learning something new. That's right. So what is the most embarrassing thing you have ever done? I so quickly reframe everything. That's part of my personal power practice that whenever something happens to me, I sort of make it into something that's beneficial. But the thing, the story that's coming up for me is I was doing a performance in, in New York. I had three backup singers. One of them was brand new. She'd never worked with me before. And uh, we were at our sound check and I was checking my mic, but I kept pulling the mic away from my, from my mouth as I was singing the, as I was singing. And she came up to me. I'll never forget this. because again, I didn't know her and she didn't know how I was going to react, but she came up to me. She said, why are you pulling the mic away from your mouth? And I said, I'm pulling the mic away from my mouth. <laughs> if you want the honest truth, because I'm not sure I'm hearing really well. And I'm afraid that I'm going to hit some bad notes. And she said, Well, we and the audience and everyone has come here to hear you, you, give us you, sing into the mic. And something about her words in that moment really resonated. And I said, you know, I hide, I, I, I hide. I, I want to be on the stage. Clearly I'm on the stage, but I'm not really giving every, I'm not really showing up as my brightest self, Right. So I decided to, to do it, to just kind of bite the bullet and do it. So for the rest of the sound check, I did. But also for the concert, for the actual show, I put that mic right up to my mouth and I sang with my everything and I hit some really bad notes, <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> but two things happened. One, I noticed that I hit them. But because I hit them in the mic, I could hear them. And when I could hear them, I could fix them. And so I was going to say two things happened. The first thing was I was very embarrassed. That was an embarrassing moment for me. Here I am at a sold out club in New York and these people have paid to come see me sing. And, and, and here I am singing and, and, and not not being happy with what's coming out and not just, you know, because I'm a jazz vocalist. So everything is improv. And so it's not just like there's one melody that I needed to sing. You know, I'm out. I'm 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 improving and not well in that case. But what happened was 
I could fix it immediately. So I, I learned in that moment, we run, we run from looking at ourselves, or in that case, we run from listening to ourselves. But if you stop and you turn to face that thing you're afraid of and sing into the mic and, and let it be loud for everyone to hear, you get to hear it too, and you can fix it. That's the only time you can fix it. If she hadn't given me that advice and if I hadn't taken her advice, I would still be <laughs> pulling that mic away and still be hitting those bad notes, right? So that's that's my long-winded answer to, it was embarrassing, it was embarrassing, but it fortified me and it gave me power. It empowered me. What an incredible story. You are an amazing storyteller. I could visualize that entire story as you told it. And it makes me think about, that's just a powerful life lesson. Like if it isn't examined, it can't be improved. Like you have to be able to self-reflect. Yeah. You have to. And we're scared. We don't want to look at it. We don't exactly. want to look at it. We, don't, we think that what we see will say something about who we are about our value or our lack of value, and we're scared. But the truth is, you look at it, first of all, it's rarely as bad as you think. And second of all, whatever parts are not up to your standard, you now have the ability to fix them and improve upon them. So many mic drop moments. Okay, so our last sentence completion here, Rhonda, is what I love most about myself is... What I love most about myself is my ability to pick myself up when I'm down. My ability to soothe myself, to calm myself, to recognize my fears and face them. What I love most about myself is my personal power, my force within, yeah. All right. So now we are at the point where we want you to choose a number between one and three. And we're going to share that particular photo on screen for you. You can describe for folks what the photo is for the folks that are only tuning into audio. And then give us some secrets or some context about the photo that we wouldn't know. So what is your number between one and three? I'm going to go with three. Three. Amazing. Okay. We have this picture pulled up. So if you can describe the photo for folks that are not listening and then let us know. Here we go. What's something we wouldn't know about this picture? (laughs) This is number three. (laughs) That's so great. Okay, so that picture is from the Atlanta Jazz Festival. I have a story around that. I was there with my family. So my husband's on this was on this gig. My husband's an incredible jazz pianist by the name of Rodney Kendrick. And he was playing piano and we had a band and my son was there and I have cousins in Atlanta. So they were in the audience, but they had also been, uh, there was no backstage because this is Atlanta Jazz Festival. It's outdoors and they had trailers for us to change in. So I had my family there and I had no help. I had no assistant or no makeup, hair, wardrobe, nobody. And I couldn't get my corset on. This corset, it zips in the front, but it ties in the back. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it on. And I thought, oh my God, I didn't think through my wardrobe at all. And I'm here in this trailer by myself. And my cousin-in-law, my cousin's wife named Gina came into the trailer and she was tying me up backstage and just in time, literally just in time for me to get out onto that stage and, and do my thing. So that's the story behind that outfit. And that is the Atlanta Jazz Festival. 
Amazing. That is a bomb outfit. I saw yep, the entire video and you look so fly. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, Rhonda. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Rhonda, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. You at moments made us laugh, brought tears to our eyes in a couple of other moments and and truly empowered us. Mm -hmm. And so for our ladies who are listening and we want them to subscribe, we want them to follow you, where can they follow you? Thank you. Thank you. I am the Rhonda Ross everywhere. So on all social media, the Rhonda Ross, that's Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. And my website is therondaross.com. And I invite everyone to come to my website and join my database, my newsletter, because not only do I talk about the force within the articles, but I also send a newsletter out that just talks about all of these things, all of these practices, but also some fun anecdotes with me and my family, my son, all kinds of things. And so so I highly recommend people to come and and join my mailing list. Join the tribe, join the family. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Rhonda. This was an absolute pleasure. We appreciate you and Thank you. This was wonderful. Thank you both for having me. Really appreciate it. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note, that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.